HHFM 103.5 Just In Time Conversations. I'm your host, Justin Farmer, inviting you to be in community with us, with people making a difference about ideas that matter. Today, our guest is Allah from Black Lives Matter. Thank you so much for joining us, being on. How are you? good i'm good we were just talking about my college student son so i'm i'm really good i'm really good just celebrated a birthday i'm happy to be here um and to keep pushing the movement forward hey hey how are you black bold and blessed try not to be stressed i'm i'm going to um commandeer that okay (laughs) Uh, every time people are like uh uh i'm like Listen, you could come with your own, right? Like, I love that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, 10 years ago was Black Lives Matter. It's been, it's crazy to think that time has flown by. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 years ago, I just graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, how are you feeling over the last 10 years of you know the model the ethos the the movement that is black lives matter um it's been a whirlwind mm-hmm. it's been constant learning um building rebuilding undoing rebuilding building finding building containers and communities um it has been as they say, like a movie, I would change some things, but would I really? Because then I wouldn't have learned. Um, it's been exciting to connect with other black folks doing this work outside of Connecticut, of course, here in Connecticut. But um, over the last 10 years, we've been able to get mentorship from black organizers and um, transformational justice advocates and organizers and places like Baltimore and California and Houston, Texas, um, New York. And that has been the thing um, that has allows me to be here today. So mm-hmm. many times I've wanted to give up. So many times I've been erased and pushed out, um, organized against because of my integrity and my principles and the things that I value as foundation, not just myself, but our team, 
Um, but speaking for myself, shout them out, shout them out. Um, my team, Sun Queen, Sai, and my Asia. I miss y'all. Wish y'all were here, but y'all are here. It's three seats here for you. You're here in spirit. <laughs> um, but the team is a constant fortification. Um, we are our sister's keeper. Mm-hmm. We are our, each other's confidants. Um, and through the great and the not so great, we have remained constant to make sure we show up for each other and learn how to continue to show up. Uh, we had to do a lot of internal unlearning to be mm-hmm. able to build the sister friendship that could stand the test of time. Uh, we were all friends before we started Black Lives Matter, which I think was really, really important. Uh, and also, we had to learn how to become a family in a different way. And that was where we had to have tough conversations and fights. And I'm I'm a terrible, hangry person. So they've had to learn how to deal with me when I'm hangry and, um, and all the things. And um, we all have businesses outside of this. And, and most of, except for Cy, um, who had already established our business before we started Black Lives Matter. Son and I have gone out and now um, completely work for ourselves. Even when we work for other people, we contract, you know, do part-time things. Um, and that way we have found to be able to be deeply connected with the community. Uh, so that way when we create service gift bags, when we uh, service gift bag, give backs, or when we're showing up, uh, to support another organization. Um, right now, we're just going to start, um, I think we're going to name it Young Panthers, uh, hmm. a youth group, and we're going to start with girls um, and do that for about an eight-month block and then see if we're able to bring in our masks and little boys. But if not, by the end of next summer, we'll be providing a space to work on social emotional wellness and Mm. with black people with folks that they can and they meaning these young children we don't have to go beyond we don't have to work on the cultural understanding it's there um accountability gets to be there quicker right we get to really support some of our young people in like we just finished our book bag drive on sunday and it was evident completely evident that uh, not saying that folks aren't doing the work here but there needs to be more spaces that are centering black girls between the ages of 10 and 14 Mm. uh, and and maybe even push it up to 16 but really center their social emotional wellness um and leadership development you know oftentimes you know we we want young people to know how to write the report or to finish school and and to do well in school but part of what i what our team has realized is the reason why some of our young girls aren't doing well in school is because of the lack of social emotional wellness for young people and for teachers and administrators everyone education is constantly being defunded uh i have a a best friend who is a substitute teacher and last year she was taking care of three classes in new haven um, and not because she wanted to, but because and not because the principal was uncaring, but because there just were no staff. Uh, and so folks, our young people are falling. Their emotional wellness is falling into a chasm. And we often 
go in and fill those chasms. We see the chasm and that's what Black Lives Matter does as we try to provide the spaces that we needed and that we had as youth and make sure that we make them available in a holistic way without the the typical obstacles of paying and where is the space it's not close to the hood um you know it's housed in yale so only a certain amount of you know young folks know about it or folks never learn about it and the program is filled and and it's not again it's not a slight to those communities who are creating these spaces it's just an additive it's just an another offering um and we often support and work with the little girls and boys who are deemed problem children uh whose schools are kind of tired of them whose parents are really struggling with what to do next we have a niche ability to provide a safety for these young people that we found that we want to make sure we do way more intentionally and really focus these next couple of years on the youth um but like you know those middle school age youth going into high school to re to readily prepare them for what you need to have in your character and and your body and your self-worth and all those things when you're getting to high school and college and going out into the world so that's really exciting that's what we're up to right now mm. no that that uh that's dope that uh y'all are thinking about you know y'all are planting the seeds right mm -hmm. and and you know there's the old terminology that it's easy to cut a tree down but it's hard to plant them mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. um but you see me over here being a farmer being corny right got all my i mean but that is <laughs> that is so true because wasn't that um who was that that said it's like an african proverb i think or like a black proverb if anything but you know it's easier to provide I, i'm gonna mess it up so it's easier to provide spaces for children than it is to fix broken adults Facts. and what we realize and outside of just the team of black lives matter but all my adult friends is that we have been extremely you know cracked and broken and and oftentimes it's not because of our parents you know it's because of the lack of emotional wellness um that in all communities that passes social economic statuses uh racial and ethnicity statuses there is a lack of emotional wellness which i tie deeply to patriarchy and capitalism that doesn't allow us to be humans and that is what and it technology is exacerbating that um and so we really want to go old school and provide a drop-in space um for young people to have those conversations kind of like a teen summit but pre-teen summit where we do infuse art and creativity and movement and you know if girls want to learn how to walk on in hills or one of our young people want to work walk in hills if that's what they want to do then we'll do that as well but we're also going to center that around circles mm -hmm. transformative justice um you know some of our girls are fighters and they're proud to be fighters and i used to be one of those little girls that was proud to be a fighter and what i realized is i was proud to be a fighter because i care about people i don't mm. i don't like injustice and so young people need that language to know that you're you'll fight for your friends and you'll fight for your sisters or your brother because you've witnessed an injustice but is there another step before we have to get to physicalities and sometimes mm. 
that comes to be but as young people there are way more options for young people and so we really want to to help young folks remember their historical ancestral power that is hey. is encoded in our genetics and our dna and not empower young people but help them remember their power that they have they're the most powerful we're the most powerful when we're young and so that is that is the work that needs to be done go off mr hudson no, <laughs> uh, uh for those of y'all who are just joining us you're listening to just in time conversations wn hh fm 103.5 uh I think one of the things that in the last 10 years, right, just it's no secret, right, but y'all are a collective of queer women, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so in the last 10 years, the language that we use, um, talking about pronouns, talking about uh, how people show up in the world, talking about our trans brothers and sisters, so much has changed and evolved in that conversation mm -hmm. and so i guess for y'all how have y'all right for you right can't speak for the group but right you can do your best to speak right. to you how has that felt to see that change in language from back in 2013 mm -hmm. to now where our young people you know our young people will body check you like yo you didn't you you didn't start the introduction with pronouns. I'm right. like, oh word. Right. Word, my bad. <laughs> right. Um, so what I will say is in these last ten years, young people have showed me and taught me so much. As much as I've taught them mm -hmm. around organizing and regular social emotional wellness, as a queer person, uh, my young people have taught me the ability to continue to find yourself in your queerness and and this 10 years i've i've come out as a non-binary person and so 10 years ago i didn't i knew that language but i didn't think that i was not i could be non-binary because i was already an adult and i've lived the world as a black girl and a black woman uh, but there are things that I've always struggled with with gender. And, you know, as a queer person, I'm told that I'm an aggressive femme because of those things. There was a lack of language and learning that language. Um, I found that I'm not an aggressive femme. I'm a non-binary person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and culturally, you know, for white folks, that may that terminology may be different. But for an, an, a black queer community, an aggressive femme is someone who sometimes models what we identities or behaviors that we would think men do. Mm -hmm. However, I love dresses. I'm in a dress right now. You know, I, I love sparkly doodads and, and pearls. And um, I had to learn that dresses and sparkly doodads and pearls are not tied to gender. Mm -hmm. They're tied to a visual aesthetic and, um, and that, you know it's okay to continue to grow and change and if you're not actively continuing to grow and change then you are stagnant and so for me that growth has been in my um healing and, and my you know undoing of the behaviors that happen after you sit in trauma and also um to grow and expand who i am as a person 
in and undoing the patriarchy inside me. Um, I don't have it today because I don't have my big pocketbook, but my friend Allie, who is an amazing um, uh, non-binary artist in New London, um, made me a kerchief that says smash the patriarchy within mm. yourself. Um, and that is a, a a thing that I carry with me a lot. I, any work retreats I've ever been to, when we make an altering table or honoring table, I'm always gifting that to the table to invite folks to undo that within ourselves and when we undo it within ourselves we undo it in the community and i think i know that young people and i will speak for each and every one of us in the team young people are the reason why we're here young people are the reason why when our brothers and sisters who are in our age demographic who are also organizers and doing this work when we're struggling interpersonally why we don't give up right mm -hmm. like when those relationships break we don't let it break us. We try to repair them if they can be repaired, but we bring those lessons into with our young people. I mentor, um, I tend to mentor a lot of young people at, at Metro Business Academy. Shout out to hey. Steve because um, Steve is an amazing teacher at Metro and um, he has made several attempts and created several pathways for young people at Metro to get connected to me. Um, and right now, some of them, my, my last group just graduated. And hey. so we're, I'll be meeting a new group of freshmen and sophomores this year. Um, and they're watching their growth and watching their connection to our work and the need for the spaces that we create um, has been transformational. It has allowed us when we are going through our own stuff and our personal lives where you have to find the capacity to show up for these young people. Um, that's where we find that capacity. We know that stepping up and showing up for them in this one space can fortify them for weeks. And uh, we work with primarily black and Latine uh, and brown youth. And so it's really important to watch and for them to feel that we are dedicated to the spaces that we create to them and their in turn dedication to showing up when their friends is summertime and their friends is walking around downtown and, and they're doing a thing and they're like, nah, I'm going to Black Lives Matter drop in because we're getting pizza and we're redoing this and we're making posters or we're having a poetry slam or a Halloween party. Um, those things are like food and, and sustenance for us because it can be really tough working in this work and uh, the ways that we do it. We work from legislative change all the way down to straight on the ground, direct care support. Mm -hmm. And we do all of those things and it's four of us. And a lot of times you'll see myself and son at the forefront because we have the words, we're very verbose. Son is a, a, a writer. Um, and, and I am said she a poet and she know it. She's <laughs> a poet and she know it and a dope one at that. And I am a, a, an a over overall rebel rouser. I am a self educator. I'm a researcher and um, I'm a becoming a undoer. And mm. so those identities can sometimes be really tough to add on the identities of woman or female or femme 
and then to add on the other identity of black and then to add on another identity of queer, it can be really hard. And sometimes our emotional wellness uh, really takes a knock because, you know, sometimes we feel a lack of support or sometimes, um, and it's not because that's actual always, but sometimes that is actual because of the space that we hold. We are unwilling to back down when it comes to accountability. And we all need to be accountable to our community for our community. And so sometimes that doesn't, you know, that when we're not going in the clicks to be clicky, but we're going into a space to, to do the work that shows up different for folks who, um, this is their only thing. Like this was our only thing for a while. And then we realized that just because you organize with folks doesn't mean that you're friends with folks and mm. you, and you, everyone gets the right to love and live and we should all have amazing housing and we should all have to not work, um, to kill ourselves and not even make minimum wage and minimum wage should be higher, even though we raised it recently. And, and all of those things exist at the same time. And so it was, it's really important to teach that to young people, to teach that you can work and honor someone and work side by side in this element and the fight for justice for yourselves and for other people. But that does not mean that you're friends and you have to have a duality so that way you don't misconstrue because that will affect the work later on. And we need to be able to show up for the work. Mm. No, I, I, I think, you know, one of the things about Connecticut is that <laughs> it is so small. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, mm -hmm. Half of the time, I'm like, word, I was talking about your cousin. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. I call and I all, I call Connecticut the up north south <laughs> because and I've lived in the south. I have family in the south. I frequent the south a lot. And um, there's less of us. Right. Because Connecticut is just smaller. Connecticut can fit into some of the towns in some of these southern states. And so we hold space for that. And also, I often when I'm the most frustrated, I'm always moving down south. I just said it a little while ago because I. You know, when we have an action, 500 show up. Right. And when you go down south and have that same action, 2000 show up and and it's not because oh enough people that the narrative is not not enough people are showing up it's who is showing up mm -hmm. and why are they showing up if you're showing up to be seen we need people to show up to be seen we need people we need that we also need people to do the work behind the scenes mm -hmm. we need people to show up when there are no news reporters we need to people to show up when there are no sound bites and what I struggle with here and 10 years in the game now, so I can say this and stand firm on my 10 toes is that we have a problem with follow through, follow through here in Connecticut and, and not just organizers, specifically our politicians, our legislators, and not all of them, right? Mm -hmm. I'm looking at one that is deep in follow through and often the obstacle to your follow through is other folks unwillingness to follow through and that is something that I really struggle with and I really want to why I deepen my connection with young people because that is something that we have to work out 
before mm-hmm. we get into the space how do we follow through how do we show up when we can't show up right like how do you say actually i can't come justin but this is what i can do right and and do what you can do um and not over promise and overextend ourselves so that we're letting our folks down when we just can't show up uh, i think that that um is an issue here in connecticut where we have um it's hard to get in it's hard to do the work it's hard to join in because connecticut it could be very clicky when it comes to movement and social change and when it comes to pol- to policy change uh when it comes to you know, statewide municipal and and it's not a new haven thing i've noticed it's a connecticut thing i have gone to organize with folks in houston and none of the folks could stand each other none of them could they were not friends was it the heat (laughs) some of it was (laughs) and then like so we had queer black women organizing we had whole teps organizing we had you know black folks there and the action got done the thing got done and and those folks were directly responsible you know a couple of years ago when all those black women got judge were became judges and mm. got elected into that was those people behind that in Houston and after the action was done everyone left <laughs> they did not have to have a cookout they did not all have to sit down and have a tete to tete but they got the work done and i want to study that i want to see what we need to bring back here in Connecticut to do that because it's not it's not about whether I like you it's about do you think black lives matter do you think that young people matter do you think that queer folks have rights do you think that trans people deserve to be able to be (laughs) right like those are not that's not about being likable right like you know as long as you agree on that then we're good right i don't we don't have to i don't have to come to your cookout i don't have to be your godmother your your children's godmother and i think and know that we have deep work to do here in connecticut but the work is still getting done and also the work is still getting done i just want to see it manifest itself when it comes to legislative change Mm -hmm. the last couple i worked to get sb1 passed worked really hard with a group of dedicated black and brown young people was a very intergenerational uh group and we fought the whole way to try to get more teeth in that bill um and that was knocked down that was not the organizers that was not us having a tea that was the legislators and what is happening once we pass it off um we have you know bipartisanship when it's time to get reelected when folks are deciding we're not going to push the envelope too much because we all need our seats. But what about when it's time to save lives? People are dying here in Connecticut. We see more and more, especially here in New Haven, the evictions and they are literally knocking down folks without homes, the spaces that they create to try to create some kind of safety and some kind of Community. life and community and we have our legislators just knocking that stuff down we're building all these how all this housing for yale and for people to come into new haven to live 
However, I'm a lifelong New Haven resident. I can't afford any of those things. And mind you, I make close to six figures a year now with my multiple businesses and my multiple streams of income. And I still, Pike, Pike refuses to rent to me. Mm. So it's, and that is not on the organizers. That is not on the advocates. It's not on the activists. That is on our legislators, our, our city and municipal legislators our federal legislators Thanks. who would na who would be able to make law and pass that if you are coming to build in urban communities and build your high rises, build your high rises, 60% of it needs to be affordable housing and, and real affordable housing. 20% um, of it needs to be automatically um, section eight. 10% uh, of that needs to be automatic dom domestic rehousing folks who are, I, I got, I was in domestic housing I needed that. And I also was in domestic housing with mushrooms growing out the walls in my apartment. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's, you know, it, a plug, right? There is a rally Wednesday on housing right downtown. Mm -hmm. um, what time is it, Justin? Six o'clock, I yes, believe. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, you know, it there's so much work to be done mm -hmm. and, and I, I think one of the things that I hear you saying is that the language that we use is important mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think what I'm hearing from you is that this work has to be multi-generational yeah um, much so. and that I think the takeaway that really hits home to me is that even if we're in the work that doesn't mean we are the work right and, and and i think that's something that is beautiful to learn i i i remember listening to i was i don't know why right i was on youtube i was listening to old talk of bobby seal mm. um and he was talking former chairman of the black panther party for those who don't know who bobby seal is go check the brother out mm-hmm um and it was an interview of him in 93 right i was born 94 so i was like right right and he was talking about creating a workers program um for youth to get involved with greening uh green technology mm -hmm. to do roofing to do solar panels to do electric cars mm -hmm. and i'm like 93 right like you right. were talking about what was next and in that interview he talked about like we're not going to recreate the black panther party right like it's run its course but what we can do is have broad uh you know broad local control mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. i see black lives matter was different than former movements in the sense that there was a commonality of messaging there was a commonality of purpose mm -hmm. but different chapters moved in different ways mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. picked up different things some were more mutual aid focused some more policy focused right mm -hmm. you have black Lives matter for law right mm -hmm. black lawyers matter right shout out to boston black lawyers matter <laughs> right you 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 had people finesse their own own way 
Um, and so I, I, I think to tie all that together, what I'm hearing is that there are different ways to show up in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and also there are different ways to show up in the work and that the people who bring the food to the meeting are just as important to the people as uh, just as important as the people who are leading the action that we see taking over the highway who are just as important as the researchers who are trying to figure out how to get more more viable meaty teeth language in our legislation bills and we forget sometimes that you know one of my my, my mentors in my head is audrey lord where Jeez. the master's tools will not undo the master's house i also think about how i have to perform capitalism in order to survive and sustain but i'm performing radical capitalism mm. i don't take more than I need. And if I get more than I need, I make sure that I pass it along. When I get a job, I bring, if anytime I can bring someone with me to be able to receive some kind of payment, I do. I don't hoard the money. I try to spread it. I try to make sure that whether I like you or not, and this is something that I wish that more of us did here in New Haven, some people I don't like. You'll never know that when folks are asking me about resources. You'll never know that because I don't like them as a person. I love their work. Their work is needed. I don't want to do their work. <laughs> I don't want to take their resources. So I want you to go to what resource you need. And I think that we need to think about how and what we're doing with emotional wellness. I, I think that at this point, we have the language and it's growing. And that is that is a guarantee that our language is going to keep evolving. However, just like I tell white folks when they come to my anti-racism training, shout out, my website is www.liberationu.com, um, that this is not a, a training where you're going to learn how to be a, a better skilled racist. Mm. You're going to learn language. However, if you leave here and you continue to practice racism it's not because i gave you more language to be able to do that because you were already going to do that it's because you are unwilling to absorb what we shared here today because the way i work after you learn of oppression and we and we share the holisticness of how it sets in our bodies and when you walk out of that space if you intentionally begin to use these these modalities of oppression you have decided and it's important for us in this work especially black and brown and latine and mensa folks for us to decide you can have the language you can be at the actions you can write the legislation but do you really think black lives matter do you think my black life is as valuable or viable as yours mm -hmm. and if you don't because you don't like me or because of any other reason, then yes, it is. There is deep work that needs to be done internally. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do the work, but I'm saying you should be very mindful of how anti-blackness sets in in us and our anti-selves, like whatever our identities are, we tend to be, you know, the most anti of that if you're not very intentional because the way oppression trains us. And so take the language learn the language but also 
practice rehumanizing and practice decolonization. Mm-hmm. You can have, you can read every bell hooks book. You can know every chant backwards, forwards, in four different languages. But if you are not actively working to rehumanize yourself and rehumanize the your constituents and your youth and your people, you are going to recreate and continue to recreate oppressive structures and make it harder for those of us who are doing that work and not harder to do the work. It's harmful. Sometimes I'm so broken hearted by the people in this work. Oppression does what oppression's supposed to do. I'm not going to be broken hearted about something working in the way that it's supposed to, but I can get very broken hearted and lethargic almost when it comes to the lack of rehumanization in our work and Connecticut is the up North South. And so here we like to model whiteness in a different way than we see in the West and we see in the South there, they don't want to model whiteness like that. And so I encourage us to figure out, and I hate the word encourage, so I'm using it very intentionally. I encourage and invite us all to think about how are we modeling rehumanization in our work? If you are pushing people out because you don't like them or because their voice is louder than yours, but they get it, but you don't like them, you are dehumanizing a person doing this work and making it harder Mm -hmm. for your work to get done. Um, I think like the language of decolonization uh, needs to be as rooted as the as the language of um, diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging that we see in anti-racism that we see. We see that push for that. But I see a lot of it lacking decolonization and, and rehumanization intentionally. Um, that is the foundation of the work. I, I see that lacking here specifically in the north. In, in our organizing of um, liberation, I, I really see that lacking. And, and I struggle saying, is it liberation work if we're not centering decolonization and rehumanization of ourselves and of each other? Mm. For those of y'all who are listening, listen to Just In Time Conversations, WNHHFM 103.5. Our guest, Allah from Black Lives Matter, New Haven, Um I get the I get people in my DMs and stuff who just want to tell me, like Justin, we celebrate Juneteenth now. Um, you know, we painted the murals, right? You had a black president, right? Things are good. Hmm. Things are things are moving on. Yeah, other places you got them banning books and doing stuff, but here we're good. We're mm-hmm. Gucci. Nothing's wrong. Yeah. What would you say to that? (laughs) I would say this past legislation session that that continued in what, June, July, June was over. It was the there were the most anti-trans bills that Connecticut has had up in. And I would I want to say ever, but let's say the last 20 years. Right. Since there's been an uptick in um, T um, L. GBQIA um, competency here, right? Mm-hmm. So, and we're we're known as like you know the gay state, and other states call Connecticut the gay state. The gay state had the most anti-trans bills up. 
um, that we've seen in a long time. We've seen the eviction memorandum <laughs> get erased. We are actively watching our mayors during an election year mm. here in New Haven anyway. We are watching our mayors mow down the living communities of his constituents. Um, we are actively seeing the divestment of education. Uh, we are seeing folks pander to police who refuse to come into neighborhoods in New Haven to protect us. They only come in certain neighborhoods or only show up when the Kia boys, after they dropped off their car, you know, to protect property. Um, we cannot call anyone uh, when there is community harm. And we have the compass, we have compass, but, and also compass is not funded, is not formed. And the foundation of it is not the community. Mm. You know, it was an amazing idea. However, it has all the modalities of transformation have been leached away and in place. It is another social service organization. And I'm not saying don't call Compass. I'm just mm. saying that you're only going to get a little bit of support. And so, yeah, we had a black president, but we also had Asia 45 right after. So Harry Droz asks, are we closer to MLK's dream of, or further away? Further, mm. deeply further. Uh, looking at, let's just take, Let's take race and air quotations because race is always in everything. But let's take race and gender out of it. And let's just look at the economy. And and Martin Luther King's day. I don't I'm I didn't do research yet. So but I would say that the minimum wage was a couple of dollars. Mm -hmm. Right. We look at the now the federal minimum wage is it's not even ten dollars yet. And so how could we have we could we are further away from that dream um less we often, owner, home ownership mm -hmm, less home ownership less jobs we have a, a greater portion of our community actively entered into houselessness every day and houselessness you know we've seen the communities being knocked down but houselessness is a a, a large spectrum couch hopping is houselessness Staying from one place to another is houselessness. And so we see, we're seeing an uptick, especially in New Haven, of people entering into that lived experience right now. And so how could we be close to the dream if there's every day hundreds of people entering into houselessness who are employed? Mm. So, you know, the first thing is, well, they just need to get a job. They have two. Now or what are we going to tell them? Right. And so I have been in that community of houselessness of people uh, who are working three jobs and still can't afford a rent, who still can't get rent assistance. Um, I, I would say, luckily, and, and this sounds weird, but I was in a abusive relationship at the same time. And that is what got me housing, not the fact that I was able to pay rent, not that I had a kid, but because I was you know, in an abusive space in that time. And now the ability to call and enter yourself into domestic housing is, is no more here in New Haven. So, you know, and that was 
my son's 19 now so that was like 17 years ago and so how could we be getting further away from the dream when i have active you know men and women who have reached out to us via black lives matter who are in domestic housing domestic living situation domestic violence living situations men and women and there is no resources for them we uh, it, it is always um you know we're coming towards the end we got about four minutes left um so i always try to you know my, my two favorite questions where can people find you how mm -hmm. can people connect with y'all so so people can find us um on at our website uh black lives matter new haven.com you can also find us on all forms of social media um facebook twitter instagram we don't have a snapchat <laughs> or a uh tiktok but we have all the other the old people modalities of social media um black lives matter new haven and on all of those um platforms if you want to reach out to me directly you can always check out my website www.liberationu.com you can also find me uh on uh facebook if you want to reach out to sun Sai, or my asia or myself um feel free to send us a facebook messenger um Sai, my asia check those daily if there is something that is really important and time urgent, you can all also um, reach out to me at 203-503-7444. And don't worry, that is my work phone. So if I am unable to be reached, the phone is off and I will reach you when I can. But um, I, we try to make sure that we are um, as available as needed. So again, you can reach out to us at uh, www, uh, Black Lives Matter dot com black lives matter new haven dot com you can also find us again on facebook is probably the fastest way the fastest social media platform you can write us right on directly on our page black lives matter new haven we have the shape of new haven it's a red black and green um logo that's how you'll be able to tell us different um and again you can always reach out to me for trainings for talks we have um i have a equitable book club for um their affinity spaces so we have a black track for black folks who are black brown latina mensa and then we have folks who for a uh, book track for folks who are white and for folks who have become white um and folks who are of european descent and other folks it's an open you know if you want to work in a multiracial multi-ethnic uh group book club there's that you can find all of that information all those rsvps and sign up sheets on my website um and again you can always shoot me an old school text at 203-503-7444 and my favorite question with our last minute left what's a song that can connect us to you connect us to the movement oh gosh oh no i'm having a blank um so i would say BYP 100 made a playlist and it's the Black Youth Project playlist. Um, we play that playlist at every event that we have, at least three or four songs. There's a couple of chants that you've heard if you ever come to any of our marches. Um, but there's a song by Jonathan and it's called Healing. 
um on that on that um soundtrack they call it the byp um black youth project soundtrack and it's called healing um and we often <laughs> drive around new haven with the um bullhorn playing connected to the music and just blasting that we all need some healing in our lives and so yeah but byp 100 black youth project they have a soundtrack um amazing i recommend it for young people for people who are in the movement um people who just want to be connected um to black artists um and all the streams and all the money that's accrued from that goes directly back into um byp 100 which has done some revolutionary things in the united states so support them thank you thank you thank you thank fam. you uh black lives matter new haven alive with us son and the others with us in spirit mm -hmm. thank you for having us until next time let us yeah. continue to plant the seeds of change I so shay. we can grow together I shay, I shay. yeah yo yo time to play leaving all right see you at the airport Traveling man, moving through places, spaces.